what's your solution? Um, you're, there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So the problem is that people can experience fear and anxiety and self-doubt, jealousy, mm-hmm. living in an exhausting, frustrating race in nowhere mm-hmm. when they're not clear and confident of their gifts, passion, and purpose. So what's the solution to help them get to find their gifts, passions, and purpose? Hi there, I'm Travis Albritton, and you're listening to Ministry Startup, the podcast about what it's like to start a ministry from scratch. And in season one, we're following the creation of my very own online teaching ministry. This is episode two, so if you haven't listened to episode one yet, I would encourage you to do that. This episode will make more sense. To recap, previously on episode one, I decided to make a huge shift in my life and attempt something I had never done before. So, you know, what I really found to be fulfilling for me is that I love helping people reach their full potential. That gives me more fulfillment than anything else. And then when I figured out that my spiritual gift is teaching, how can I channel my desire to help people reach their full potential with my talent and gift in teaching? This breakthrough moment was huge for me, but now it was time to do something about it. This episode, episode two, is all about the blueprint I would use to create my online ministry. How can you turn your ministry idea into a real thing that will actually be successful? No one wants to see their ministry fizzle out because it was built on a bad foundation. Executing a solid ministry plan would give me the focus to make something truly impactful. Now, the first step I needed to take to start my online ministry was pretty simple. I needed to make a website. Makes sense, right? There was just one problem. I didn't know the first thing about how to make a website. Other than changing the colors on my MySpace page in high school, I'd never attempted anything even close to this. In order for this to work, I would need to recruit some help. You know, so I kind of have two sides in a way, right? But they fuse together. So one is my church builder side, which is like the straight church builder. Um, and then the other is my falling skills media side. So my goal, you know, is to partner with June um, to try to help you get victorious and successful at what you want to do with your ministry stuff. That was Jonathan Perkins. The same Jonathan Perkins that my church had hired as part of Operation Bold Move. You heard all about that in episode one. I was meeting up with him and another brother named June at a local Barnes & Noble Starbucks cafe to discuss my website idea. It's the kind of place that sells below-average coffee and $5 samples of cheesecake while you sit at miniature coffee tables in uncomfortable metal chairs. We probably could have done a little bit better. Getting Jonathan involved was going to be critical to the success of my new ministry. You see, Jonathan is one of those unique people that is both a church builder and a web developer. So not only could he help me build a great website, but he could also help make sure that my ministry started off on the right foot. We huddled around one of those miniature coffee tables covered in our various electronic devices and kicked things off. This was going to be our light bulb moment in a garage in California meeting. You know, how companies like Apple, Airbnb, and Zappos got their start? That was a hope anyways. In this meeting, we needed to hammer out the details of what this website would look like. What would it do? Who would it serve? 
and who would be the core audience for my new ministry? So what I'd love to do is kind of do like a little bit of discovery, you know, um, about basically about um, what you're trying to accomplish with this website. I mean, I I think one of the mistakes that people can make is that it's not crystal clear up top Mm -hmm. what they're trying to accomplish. And so their websites can, the actual doing of the website is only like half the work. Mm -hmm. You know, the other half is clarifying what you're trying to accomplish. Sure. Clarity. This is actually really important. The worst thing that could happen would be if we spent a ton of time and energy into building something only to have people not understand what it is or how it can help them. This is true both of the website we were trying to build and the ministry I wanted to create. So often Christians with the best of intentions launch ministries with slogans like, Love God, Love People or help others. What does that even mean, help others? Help them in what? Doing their laundry? See what I mean? The first thing I'd love to do is ask you, like, like, what's your niche? Like, if you could summarize what your niche is in, like, two sentences. Are you able to do that? And it's, it, it, don't feel bad if you can't. Most right. people can't. Right. But, but if you can, that actually helps us to, to understand. Right. When Jonathan is asking what my niche is, what he's asking is, who am I trying to help? Do I have a clear picture in my mind of the person I'm trying to reach? Without having a clear answer, my ministry was going to flounder. It matters if you're trying to help teenagers versus empty nesters. They have different needs, different experiences, and are in completely different places. So when you really want to help as many people as possible, you have to do the counterintuitive thing and decide up front who you are not going to be able to help. Only then can you devote your energy to creating something that will really benefit the people you are trying to help. Here was my answer. No, so, so as it stands today, well, my goal for the website is to create an online training platform to help Christians embrace leadership in their own lives and unlock their gifts and understand how they can plug into building up the kingdom in a larger sense. So with the Christian development, when you're thinking about sending that video and you press send, Who's watching it? Uh, someone who's not in the paid ministry. Someone who has a basic understanding of God and the relationship with God. Have a plain cheesecake. But doesn't have a clear sense of their value in the church. My audience, my focus would be to help ordinary Christians that have full-time jobs, families, responsibilities, discover how they could actually enjoy serving in their church. One of my big turning points was being able to identify what actually inspired me to go and help others. And I wanted to help the people that were in the same spot. Now that I had a rough idea of who I was trying to help, we needed to hammer out three key details. These three things are the foundation for any successful ministry, so it was important that we decided at the beginning 
what they would be. The first thing we needed to get clear on, what specific problem am I trying to solve? There are an infinite number of problems that need solutions in the world. Which problem was I going to choose? If you go with an infomercial, it's always problem, solution, right? So if, if we go with the problem, let's language this out a little bit. I hear um, if you're not clear and confident, this might be bad, but we just got to go for it, mm-hmm. of your, let's just say for like a better term, calling, or maybe that's that's probably too much. Like maybe like, so your your gifts, what was your thing you said? Uh, passion and purpose, maybe? Mm-hmm and purpose, then you experience fear, anxiety, self-doubt, self-doubt. If you're not clear and confident of your gifts, passion, and purpose, then you experience fear, anxiety, self-doubt, jealousy, and and live in an exhausting and frustrating race to nowhere. Yeah. So the problem that I was trying to solve was for Christians who aren't in the full-time ministry. It's often very easy to feel unimportant to the success of your church if you don't work for that church, if it's not the only thing that you do. And this is especially true if you don't have, what I like to call anyways, the obvious gifts. If you're not good at public speaking, if you're not a good singer, and if you don't really like kids, then it can be difficult to figure out how you can contribute in a meaningful way to helping your church grow. And I wanted to change that. But it's not enough to just know what the problem is. You also have to know what you're going to do to change it. How are you going to create the solution? And what will that solution look like? What does it need to look like? This is the second key to build an effective ministry. What's the solution to help them get to find their gifts, passions, and purpose? Yeah. It kind of comes down to first you have to embrace who you are. Not just like accept intellectually like this is who I am, but really embrace that in every aspect. And then discovering avenues to channel that into serving other people and serving God. Yeah, like it's like your best play, right? It's, I mean, if, if you think about um, on a baseball team or something like that, right? I mean, not everyone's going to be the catcher. Not everyone's going to be the hitter. Not everyone's going to be the... Yeah. Right? So, but some people are, like, amazing at being shortstop. Yeah. This baseball analogy is huge. For so long, I felt like a catcher trying to play shortstop or an outfielder trying to be a pitcher. The frustration of knowing that I was supposed to be doing something and not knowing what that thing is drove me crazy. And I wanted to help other people fight through that and figure it out for themselves. We spent the next 30 to 40 minutes brainstorming what that would look like, what elements it needed to have. And we came up with something that would become the foundation of my new online ministry. The solution I was going to offer to Christians who were going through exactly what I had just gone through. So so this is what I'm thinking. Um, you know, kind of like kind of wrap things up a little bit here. So we talked about your niche, you know, to create the online training platform and help Christians embrace leadership in their own lives and unlock their gifts to understand how they specifically can build up the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right? So 
you know, we talked about eventually you'd love to sell like webinars, books, and speaking engagements. Yeah. Um, we talked, you really are thinking you might two tracks to audience, but let's focus on the Christian development. Mm-hmm. So these, we're trying to target non-paid ministry people. Mm-hmm. Believers yeah. who maybe don't have clarity or value their purpose, or don't have their um, clarity on their value or purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that these things are like, value or purpose isn't like the intrinsic the, the, the calling the essence of who they are I was going to teach those Christians how to identify their intrinsic strengths their unique gifts talents and abilities so they can make a difference in their church and feel great doing it now the third thing we needed to hammer out was the method what would be the vehicle that I would use to get the right information to the people that needed it in a normal ministry that means planning events, mapping out the group calendar, and making sure that what you talk about and what you plan helps you solve the problem and achieve the solution you are setting out to achieve. I needed to figure out what that would mean for an online ministry. Building the website was certainly a part of that, but if all I had was a pretty website, I wouldn't help anyone. In our meeting, we decided that the best method to use starting out would be to record videos and post them on the website for people to watch. But what I didn't yet know was what I needed to put into those videos. It was then that Jamie Robbins, Operation Bold Move Jamie Robbins, approached me about an online course he was putting together. I had never heard of an online course before outside of college courses, so I asked him what he meant. How would this help me achieve my goal? What is an online course and how does it enable you to help people that need what you know? An online course is basically just another vehicle of transmission for your content. So you have advice and expertise that you want to help people, but you can't maybe get in front of them face-to-face, one-on-one. And so instead of delivering it that way, you just deliver it virtually through videos, through something to read through a live class. It's basically just taking any kind of educational content and delivering it in an online format. I was curious. Maybe this could be the framework I would use to teach people. Then I watched his promotional video for Course Rocket, the online course he was putting together, and I became convinced. Here's a clip from that video. Uh, By me creating courses and packaging some of my knowledge, I've been able to have a wider reach so that so many people have been able to access the information. And I'm going to help you create not just a course, but a great course. One that not only are you proud of, but one that provides transformation for people. One that people take and then they're sending you emails later saying, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for creating this course. Because when you create an amazing online course... And people begin consuming it. They're so grateful for what you've done for them. And it's so nice to open up those emails again, like I said, and just and people are so thankful what you, for what you do. In fact, there are many people who, by just creating an online course, start bringing in enough money that they finally say, you know, I'm going to ditch my nine to five job and now I'm going to pursue this because I'm more passionate now about this. As soon as the video was done, I was all in. By going through Course Rocket, I would be able to put together an effective, transformational online course and make money doing it. Now that second part is essential because 
In order for this idea to really have legs and have the impact that I wanted it to have, it had to be able to support itself, meaning it had to pay for itself. If I was going to be able to leave my job and do this full time, I would still have to pay bills, pay for my mortgage, feed my family. So if I could learn to harness this problem, put together the right solution that would really help people, and then go through Course Rocket to put it together in a meaningful way, now we've got something. So I had my web design team. I was going to start building my website and things were starting to come together. I had a plan for my first course offering and I had a clear path forward to see my dream ministry come to life. All of this was great, but it was also starting to cost a lot. The quote to build the website and shoot the video for my course? $4,000. Now, if you're in the web development space, that's not actually a lot. But for me, just one guy trying to see his idea see the light of day, it's a big hit. And so I had to ask myself, do I really, I mean really, want to do this? Am I ready to take this from an idea into something that actually exists in the world? How confident am I that this will even work? And the big question, what will my wife Andrea think about this? I remember being like totally like supportive of the whole idea of unlock your gifts and like I thought it was a great thing that you were really passionate about helping people. I mean that was something that I always that always attracted me to you. And then you started talking about wanting to make a website and how much it was gonna cost to make that website. I just remember thinking like okay he's like really serious about this. And and at first, like, the the number you gave me, I, f- I feel like I remember it being, like, $2,000 you were going to yeah. put into this website. And that number in my head, I was like, why does it take that much money to make a website? Like, I don't understand. Um, and so initially, like, like, I was thinking, like, okay, wow, he's really serious about this. But at the same time, I was like that's a lot of money to be putting a website. Like there's a lot of things we could do with that money. Like $2,000, that's like part of a, a car down payment that we talked about, you know? So just things like that, like popped up into my mind. Um, but yeah. Do you remember when I said it's not going to, it's actually not going to be $2,000. It actually needs to be $4,000. I don't remember that. <laughs> I may have blocked it out. (laughs) Maybe I blocked it out. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I I wanted to to be, even though I thought, like, okay, that's a lot of money to be putting into something. Like, you don't even know if it's going to work out. You know, these are just thoughts that I had. But but I wanted, as your wife, like, I still wanted to be supportive of it. And I wanted, I wanted you to do it because... You were passionate about it. Getting Andrea's support was the last major hurdle. I was now ready to take the plunge and go all in to try and make this thing happen. I decided that regretting what could have been would be way worse than trying to do something worthwhile 
and coming up short. And once I made that first payment towards my website, I felt amazing. And then, almost immediately, I began to question everything. Not because of what I was trying to build, but rather how I was trying to build it. It involves answering a question that almost no one likes talking about, but is at the center of this new ministry model I was trying to create. Is it morally right to charge Christians money in exchange for spiritual help? The answer to this question was much murkier and much more polarizing than I ever could have anticipated. On the next episode of Ministry Startup, I wade through the muddy waters surrounding money and the church. Way to monetize spirituality. Nothing more American than that. I can't believe you're talking about ROI as it pertains to serving in a community. I believe that the church's best days are yet to come. And I believe that it's ordinary Christians doing extraordinary things that will get us there. If you enjoyed listening to this episode and believe it can help someone else, just take 30 seconds to subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot, and I would be really grateful. You can find out more about Ministry Startup and connect with me by going to the website for the podcast, ministrystartup.com. The theme song for this podcast was written and performed by Flow Up. You can find more of his music through his Facebook page, Flow Up 623. Other music from this episode was written and performed by Michael Parallax. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon on the next episode of Ministry Startup. <laughs>